Hey, the work of the Gideons is a very prosperous ministry. It does not prosper their pocketbook at all, uh, having been familiar with them and their ministry. Uh, at one time, we had five or six of gentlemen in our own church here who were active in the local chapter, and I commend them for that. Thank you so much. And you'll have your opportunity to share at the end of the service. Take your Bible for the next few minutes. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 9 and verse number 10. Well, uh, this week I've been challenged in my spirit, and I say challenged because uh, it has been a, a challenge. The Holy Spirit uh, would speak to me and challenge me to share this word with you. Now, some of you might think uh, that uh, this word concerning heaven uh, would be something that we know everything about. But I'm going to tell you, folks, sometimes there are a lot more answers than there are questions. Uh, and sometimes, because there is, it becomes a challenging subject for us. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Verse number 9 and verse number 10, I ask you to follow along uh, with me. It says, Paul writing, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I remind you about that passage that I just read. First of all, it's not just talking about experiences that are to come, and I remind you about heavenly things. However, you know the Lord Himself has challenged us as well to know that His only reason for saving us is not for us to go to heaven, but he likewise would love to bring heaven to us. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, one of the great parts of being a believer, being a Christian, is the futuristic event, is it not? In that futuristic event, we know uh, that the Lord has provided a place, prepared a place uh, for all of those who love him and that place that I want to share with you this morning, because of God burning it in my spirit, is the place uh, of heaven. I borrowed the title. The title that I've put on my notes today is, Oh, This Is Just What Heaven Means to Me. When I say I borrowed the title, that is the title of an old hymn. Uh, it has been sung throughout many decades, that old hymn. And it says, A country where no twilight shadows deepen, An ending day where night shall never be, A city where no storm clouds ever, ever gather. Now this is just what heaven means to me. Most likely, as I read those words to you, and you were able to read them for yourselves, most likely... You were envisioning uh, the place you were at some time when you heard some person sing that wonderful old song. Yes, I'm grateful for how the Lord has not only given us His, uh, uh, His written Word that we might share together, His infallible Word, but I'm also glad for how God takes words likewise uh, 
that are theologically correct, and then he puts them, or someone puts them to music, and then, likewise, we can sing those wondrous uh, stories as well. There's three things I would love to share with you this morning quickly about heaven. And those three things uh, is listed before you. First of all, I'm going to remind you it's a perfect place. Secondly, I want to remind you about it's a place where we meet the Master. And third, it's a place of the reunion of the relatives. Now, when I think of heaven... And I've been thinking about heaven lots lately. And you say, why have you thought about it so much? And the reason is uh, because I've been called upon to encourage quite a bit of saints this year concerning their loved ones. And when I say that, one of the greatest uh, comforts that I can find to share with other people is that they know because of the testimony of their loved one that they had prepared uh, for this place. Now, first of all, it is a perfect place. John, I mean, Paul described it. He said, The eyes haven't seen, or the ears heard. It has not entered into the heart of them the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed it unto us by His Spirit. The Spirit searcheth all things, yes, even the deep things of God in a place where there's much hopelessness. And when I say much hopelessness, it is the place that you and I live. Our dear brother would talk about students on a college campus. We likewise would know about prisoners in an incarcerated uh, environment. But let me say to you that there is another group of people that are free. And when I say free, they are not bound by change. The freedom they have allows them to roam freely, but the reality is yet that they are a hopeless people. We are living in helpless times as well. If you haven't noticed lately, there are more people who seem to have needs than there have been for quite a while. And you mix the helplessness of a society with the hopelessness of a group and what you have is a wonderful opportunity, I believe, to share with them the great news that Jesus has provided. Earlier this morning, I was reminded that we're not pil or that we're pilgrims and we're strangers here. We're literally not to be citizens here forever. However, I'm also reminded that Jesus would tell us that we are in this world, but we're not to be of this world. Most all of us like our place. And when I say we like our place, most likely we like the place uh, that we live. There are many people, when they seem to get to a retirement age, they migrate back to that place that they used to call home. And when I think about all of that, why they do that must be because they have an intimate connection with something on this side of eternity. However, I remind you that once the breath leaves this mortal body, what the Lord does is He provides an instant new breath in a uh, place that He has provided for us in what the Scriptures tell us are the heavens. 
Yes, we could read in Revelation 21, verses 1 to 6, we read John telling about the fact that he had saw a new heaven, a new earth. Yes, it tells us there that he would give us some understanding as well as explanation about this particular place. Your eyes, I'm sure, try to imagine a perfect place. Maybe your heart tries to imagine a perfect place. But friend, let me just go ahead and tell you, I don't have that capability. And the reason I don't have that, or I know I don't have that, is everything I see is through the tainted eyes of sin. And when I say the tainted eyes of sin, sin has reigned in this world from the very beginning of creation. And as a result of that, we have literally not seen anything that is perfect. However, I remind you that there will be a perfect place. There already is. Uh, the Lord tells us uh, about that. And if you don't believe it, go home and read today. Revelation 21, 1 to 6. And why I would ask you to read that is because it confirms what other passages have already given us. And that is that heaven is a real place. Now in a few minutes, I'm going to take my journey from here back to where we reside. And as I go there, uh, I'm going to pass the same scenery that I pass four or five or more times every day. You say, what about that place where you live? Well, friend, what I want you to know is it is a real place. Yes, uh, uh, hands that have fashioned it uh, reveal to me when I sit there that it's not a perfect place. But I promise you, like heaven, heaven's a real place. Heaven's a residential place. The scripture said John uh, was receiving this from Jesus. And Jesus would say, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. I don't get to ride through those places uh, where mansions are. Why? Because they're gated communities. And people who have spent their lifetime or maybe spent their mom and daddy's money on a lifetime of pleasure and, and uh, stuff of that nature, they guard their mansions. You know what? Jesus said he's building you one. He's building me one. You said, Preacher, do you really believe that? If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't believe John three sixteen either. Why? Because I believe every word he gave us. And that word just said he's building for us a place, a res residential place, a rewarding place. Sometimes I'm not faithful to remind us about that concerning heaven, but you know what the Lord said? Those of us who serve faithfully here, one day we'll stand before Him there. And the Scripture said all of those things we have done uh, in this life that He will uh, have brought back before Him. And what will be judged there is not what we did, but how we did it. And He tells us that He'll reward those works. Uh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, there will be much of that He said that there will be no reward for because it might have been done in the wrong spirit or for the wrong reason. But he said those that uh, are rewarded, there are no less than five crowns mentioned in the New Testament that you and I can possibly uh, be rewarded with at that particular time. Oh, it's a perfect place for a perfected people. 
The scripture also tells me in Revelation that he'll wipe away all tears from their eyes. There'll be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. There'll be no more pain. The former things are passed away. Aren't you excited to know that you and I still have waiting on us the most perfect thing that we have ever, ever imagined? Yes, I catch myself uh, thinking of what it must be. Then I begin to notice how many people who have possibly had visions of glory or else they have been in similar places, the Lord gives them words to describe that for us. Oh, I put a few on the PowerPoint notes there this morning. You can notice uh, no sniffles. It says God will wipe away the tears. No sadness, no more death. Uh, Twenty-seven times in the King James, uh, in Genesis chapter 5, it reminds us, and he died. Twenty-seven times now in the book of beginning. No sorrow, meaning division, disease, distance. No sympathy, no crying, no suffering, pain. No sinners, he tells us even. Why? The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and the liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Can I remind you that's the place we're going? That's the place you and I have waiting on us. Ladies and gentlemen, the reality of that is more sure than ever. Because of the blood of Jesus, you and I have this to look forward to, a perfect place. Well, secondly, it's not only a perfect place, but heaven is a place. We have a meeting with the Master. Now, most of you know what it is to have a schedule, do you not? You know also what it's like to have other appointments. Well, uh, this is similar in uh, those words. Uh, Paul described in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, It's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I, not, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up in the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Paul would be uh, able to only give us a glimpse of his time when it says there that he would be carried away into the third heavens. If you go out when you leave the building today, you look up and you might see a vapor where a jet is soaring through uh, the, the first heaven. You might see that that jet is possibly flying five to seven miles high and probably flying 500 to 600 miles an hour. And you look at that and you begin to think that that, that jet is so far away. Oh, we're still reading about, you know, SpaceX, and we read about the space station, uh, and, and we're noticing how that, that is in the news a lot lately. That's not where Paul went. Paul went further than that. 
You know, we look at the stars tonight, if it's a cloudless night, and we look and we think, oh my, isn't it beautiful? That looks so close, but yet so far away. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul said, I was carried away into the third heaven. Here in this passage, verse 4, it said, Into paradise he heard unspeakable words. And I'm going to compare that a little bit to the reality that the Lord had gave him a personal visit and invitation to that place that time. Well, Revelation 21, verses 1 to 3, and I've printed verse 3 for you. It says there, I heard a voice out of heaven saying, The tabernacle of God is with men, and, the, and I will dwell with them, and he shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Oh, let me tell you, you and I are not going to be the principal uh, persons there. It says that God's going to be there. We're going to have a meeting with him, friend. Remind yourself about all of those uh, writers of, of Scripture who would give us uh, Scripture and accounts uh, of visions and dreams and then to know that what is awaiting us is not a dream. It is a reality. You and I get the privilege to meet a perfect one. Oh, think about the most noble person you've ever met. Maybe you've met a politician that, well, let me just get away from that, okay? Maybe you've met uh, someone who was really someone to hold in high regard. And oh, you remembered. Why? Because you were probably getting ready about two or three days just to meet that person. Now friend, let me tell you something. I, I've never met anybody like the one I'm going to meet, and that's Jesus. Do you realize that heaven is a perfect place? You can put your address down, you can write it down, stick it in the leaves of your Bible. And I'll just tell you one thing about that place. It isn't a perfect place. I have a tendency as I grow older to embellish some of those moments. Our places aren't, our places aren't perfect. Matter of fact, let me tell you another little secret. The people we meet here aren't perfect. But we will stand before Jesus and as a known fact there, there's going to be that meeting with the Master. There's some who would ask you, well, what are you going to do when you get to Jesus? What are you going to ask Him? Let me give you a picture here. Revelation 4 and 10 said, The four and twenty elders fell down before Him that sat at the throne, worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Friend, I really used to think when I got to heaven, I had some things that I would want to ask Jesus. The longer I've lived, the more I conclude that I'm going to be so overwhelmed with him that there won't be any questions. I want to be like the elders, just fall down before him and say, Thou art worthy. You and I exist today in our spiritual place. We have how we've been blessed today all because of him. And as a note of heaven, 
a place there that is perfect, but also a place where we'll meet the Master. The third thing, and I close with it, heaven's going to be a place where there's the reunion of the relatives. Yes, I mentioned to you earlier, we've seen a lot of that this year. I thought about our dear Gideons when they were gathered this morning for their breakfast, that uh, there was one or two that was always there. But you know what? This year they went to be with the Lord. And I'm sure you all mentioned that a little bit in your breakfast today. Friend, let me tell you something. The reality is this, that heaven will reveal to us all of those who have died in the Lord previous, and those of us who are in the Lord present when the rapture would take place. The Scripture tells us the Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Have you ever came through something in life and you sort of got settled down and later you said, My, how close I came to death. It could have been that morning you woke up on the highway and you were rounding the curve after you dozed off to sleep in the wrong lane of traffic. It could have been that day when that hot fever was about to get the best of your body. It was a close call. Friend, let me tell you something about the close calls. If you know Jesus, Hear me, if you know Jesus, there's nothing to fear. Why? Because we'd be going to a perfect place to meet the Master and be reunited with those of ours who have gone on to be with the Lord before. I read a story this week, and it said there was this young girl, Natalie Worley, when her grandfather died, she asked her father, who was her pastor, this question. Daddy, is it okay if we pray to Jesus to get a message to Grandpa? Pastor Worley said he struggled with that a while, and then he realized that there was nothing wrong in his theology that would prevent someone from praying to Jesus to get a message to Grandpa. And just to think of the wisdom this little girl had because she, much, she knew much more than the millions of other people that you don't do this, and that is pray to Grandpa to get a message to Jesus. You pray to Jesus to get a message. Now, friend, I've never done that. You know, I, I probably have never had no one much as close to me die as you have. But let me just say something. I'm not going to mess up what God uses to help you get through the days. My mama used to tell me, I'd say, Ma, I'd call her every night and say, Mama, what you do today? Well, I went out to the graveyard to talk to your daddy. You know, I could have I said something to her, but I wouldn't. You know why? 
because she was getting through life. Let me tell you, the three things I share with you today in closing, heaven's a perfect place. That's going to help you get through life, okay? After we are deceased, what we'll do is we'll meet with the Master. That's going to help us get through life here as well. Because we know that death doesn't have that final ring like it sounds. But likewise, we know that heaven will have this beautiful, beautiful story and reality of us having again a reuniting with our relatives. As you bow your head today, can I ask you, what I've said to you today is simple. It's not profound. It's just something that the Lord gave me to give you today as well as myself. Do you realize God is saving the best for last. Yes, He is. He wants you and I because we're His. He wants us to have all that He can give. Father, thank You. Lord, Your Word challenges me, but it really does comfort me. Lord, not only will it comfort me because uh, of my place, it hopefully will comfort others through me. Lord, touch hearts and lives today. Call people into yourself. And I pray, God, you'll be glorified in everything now in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm going to ask you to stand with us.